The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. And now for something completely different. Hey, I was, I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm in three Halls of Fame. For the young fans, they don't give a damn. They just give a damn about themselves and what they're hearing now. And I got no problem with those rules. I know the rules going in. I'm happy to play the game that way. And when Ivan came off with that uh, knee drop from the top rope and he bent me, I thought that something happened. I couldn't hear a thing. You could have heard the pin drop in that arena. It touched me so deeply that when I went in the dressing room, I really felt depressed. I'll tell you that, I'll tell you right to his face. If it's Hogan and I, if he wanted to get in a real street fight with me, trust me, he would lose, and he knew it. You know, that's the other thing. They give you the belt, and they're like, okay, you're in charge of me. I was like, what? When you mentioned a guy like Harley Race, that kind of legendary status, it's obvious why people would get upset. Or as I'm concerned, Roddy Piper was not a wrestler. He wasn't even a good worker. If he had to go out and work his way to the top and not have good friends like Jim Barnett. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not a good guy. He's just not a tough guy. Bro, I swear to you, I don't have an ego. Like, I don't give a crap. I, that stuff is not important to me. People don't know me. They have no idea of who I am. They know of me as being a fictional character that they saw on TV. People didn't understand that, you know, the guy they saw in the ring that happened to be using his real name, that happened to actually be the president of the company, they really believed that that guy that they loved to hate was actually a pretty decent guy. And I think many people have the perception that I really was that character. Welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. I'm your host, JP John Paz. With me today, a very special guest, former two-time WWE World Tag Team Champion, four-time OVW, and two-time OVW Tag Team Champion. He's, of course, Mr. Doug Basham. Doug, welcome to the two-man power trip. How are you doing? Thank you for having me on power trip. It's a pleasure to be here, bud. What's going on in your world? I mean, we kind of see behind you got some OVW title belts, but what's going on in your world? Oh, man, look at this. Uh, I am currently here at the Ohio Valley Training Center, uh, OVW, where we film our uh, weekly shows on the Fight TV network. Um, and uh, I'm in Al Snow's office, setting in Al Snow's chair, who is the CEO now of, of uh, OVW. I uh, just finished up a training session with a bunch of students and current um, roster members. And Al Snow is actually out in the arena doing TV review. He's reviewing our uh, pay-per-view that we just had this Saturday, which was OVW's The Big One, our Saturday, Saturday night special, and which was uh, an event that both Al and I participated in, and we tagged together against uh, a couple of individuals at Shannon the Dude a local DJ here who is also an active uh, member of our roster uh, brought on board to face us to hopefully help him not get five minutes in the ring with Al Snow. And um, I'm just going to stop there and to intro the show, everybody can see our Saturday night special OVW, the big one on YouTube. You can get it for free. So you can go and, um, Test out our our brand, our product. See see how much you may like it, and you're going to get a hell of a show because it was the big one is our wrestle our version of a WrestleMania, 
and it was John. It, it was a hell of a show. It was good. It was good, man. And you're back, right? You're wrestling. Well, I don't know if I'm back or uh, if I'm, you know, periodic or if I'm testing the waters or if I'm wanting to see uh, what else I can do in OVW um, because the it's it's so uh, the talent here in OVW right now is it rivals the talent of when I was in the developmental system when we have Brock Lesnar, Dave Batista, Randy Orton, uh, Shelton Benjamin, uh, who else did I miss? John, John oh, Cena. oh, John Cena. And there was a slew of others. Sean, I mean, th there's, there's so many other, um, talented individuals who were in OVW in the developmental system when I was there in the developmental system. But I'm telling you this right now, the Ohio Valley or the OVW roster right now rivals that roster. They're that good. They are that talented. They have the look. They have. They can walk the walk. They can talk the talk. They're entertaining, and I am enjoying every minute of being here in Ohio Valley Wrestling, helping Al Snow, um, which is a story. If you ever, if you want to hear it, we'll get into it. I'm sure you have a slew of questions, but there's a story as to why I'm back in OVW, and it's all Al Snow's fault. <laughs> Wasn't mine. I, would... I had no. I, I had. I had no inclination of coming back to Ohio Valley Wrestling, but Al Snow. Oh, Al Snow, he got me back here. But yeah, so how did he get you back? Because this is really like full circle for you, really. It, it is actually, you know, it's it's um, it, it's a very funny story um, because you know I started here. My, my you know Danny Davis, Nightmare Danny Davis, was yep. the creator of OVW, Ohio Valley Championship Wrestling, is what he called it, and I was the very first Ohio Valley wrestling student. Now, I wasn't Danny's first student. I want to make that clear. I was not Nightmare Danny Davis's first student ever. No, but I was the first student of Ohio Valley Wrestling. That's key. And um, starting here, training here, learning here, growing here, and then moving on from here at Ohio Valley Wrestling here at the historic Davis Arena. Uh, which started actually over in Indiana, at uh, in, in Jeffersonville, Indiana, at a little street called Mechanic, Mechanic Street, which is ironic because I was uh, called the machine. Very ironic. Um, yeah, definitely. And um, and then eventually moving over to Louisville, Kentucky. And bringing on the, uh, well, before we moved over to Louisville, Kentucky, Jim Cornette came in uh, to the mix and brought into the company. And he brought the WWE developmental territory here, which brought in all that talent, which was bar none, some of the best talent that has, you know, second generation, I don't know, second generation, if that's the right word. But um, after Rock and Austin, you know, that next generation of superstars. Ohio Valley Wrestling, OVW, they 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 brought it. They brought the next generation of superstars to the WWE. And um, I want to I want to give some credit. You know those those guys were good. They were talented. Brock Lesnar, Shelton Benjamin, Dave Batista, 
Randy Orton, John Cena, and there, there's Rico Constantino, several others, you know, Charlie Haas, several others that were here, uh, Cody, Cody Rhodes, The Miz. Um, there was, all those guys were here, but there were four guys that were here in OVW way before the developmental territory got here, way before, um, you know, Jim Cornette joined in. Those four individuals who are coined the OVW originals were first. First up was me, the very first student. I was the very first first one here, the OVW original, and then in came Nick Densmore, who is known as Eugene. He was another OVW original, and then third that came in was Rob Conway, who was known for La Resistance. And then the fourth was the Damager, Danny Holly, who was known as my brother and my tag team partner, Danny Bash. Um, we were dubbed the OVW originals and we were here and we had been here for years. I, I had been here in OVW for like seven, eight, nine years before the development of territory uh, came here. And uh, Nick had been here probably six, seven, eight years, Rob, six, seven, eight years, Dano, six, seven, eight years. I, of course, I was the first one I was here the longest, but uh, not to put myself over. But um, and we we worked with all these guys. They came in greener than greener than you know baby poop, and we worked with them. They wrestled us. They trained with us. We they worked with us every day because we had training every day, Monday through Friday. You know, from uh, I think our, I think our training we started at nine, and I think we went to like three or four. So we were in the ring for six, seven hours here at the arena every day, just getting after it, doing promos and wrestling and training and bumping, and uh, it, it, it was rough. But those guys were in the ring with me, Nick, Rob, and Dano, and then OVW had live TV. You know, um, and they got TV experience, learning how to hit time cues, listen to, um, uh, try not to give away too much stuff, right? building their resume and learning the art and learning the, the, um, tools, getting the tools that they needed to be successful in the WWE. Um, so, and, and those guys were working with us. Uh, so not saying that we were the reason that they are successful because they were all talented beyond belief, trust me. But I would say that we helped them, we, we helped them along and helped develop them. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Batista, I forgot Batista too, right? Batista. Yep. Uh, don't, don't forget him. Um, you know, we helped those guys along as much as we could and we, we love doing it and we're, 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 we had no, we had no hard feelings or whatever. Because we knew that when we get up there, we'd be working with them too. And uh, so to speak, we, we did. You know, I got to work with John Cena. I got to work with Batista. I got to work with Charlie. I got to work with Shelton, who broke my nose. I got to work with uh, uh, Brock. <laughs> I, I mean, I got to work with everybody up there that I got to work with down here. And, you know, it was, there was just so much love spread you know, between, uh, between all of us, it, it was great, man. Sorry, I'm rambling, but there's, uh, hey, no problem. Yeah. Hey, you open the can of worms. 
<laughs> not rambling at all. No, it's great. But it's funny because it's like Al Snow's like, okay, this guy is the first, you know, first student. Now let's bring him back for the trainer. Obviously, there's some good mojo there because of all those awesome talent that came before you and really after you. I mean, you know, during that whole time period. So good mojo from Al Snow to kind of bring you back. Oh yeah, and and let me uh, Al Snow. Let me let me touch on Al Snow. By yeah. the way, yeah. Oh yeah, thanks Al Snow. So, <laughs> and, and I love him. You know, he, he's a good he's a good dear friend of mine, and I, I'm I'm very much grateful and thankful for being back here in OBW. Um, not just because it's where I, I started, but because of what Al has taken um, OBW to. He he's taken it to a whole nother level. And I'm glad to be a part of that and help him, you know, be his right hand man, so to speak, or, or help him, uh, do and, um, deliver the message that he's trying to, to, to deliver and, and do that for him. It's and out and he's a great guy, man. He really does. I've learned also, I thought I knew a lot about wrestling. Um, when it comes to wrestling, the, the wrestling part of it. And I knew a little bit about the production side of it, but I have learned so much about producing a wrestling show from Al and writing a wrestling show from Al and the, side, the, writing, the, the writing portion of wrestling. I've learned so much from him that you know I, I've, I've gained a whole lot more knowledge and I would like to think that I'm you know more valuable to al and any company period you know uh but i'm not going anywhere i'm staying right here at ovw um so what al did during the pandemic uh <laughs> uh he's smart al's clever he's smart and he's calculative and he knows what he's doing i give him that he got me but um during the pandemic um uh, let me back it up I get fan mail still to this day. People send me pictures, letters and stuff like that. And they want me to sign the pictures and send back to them, which, which was what I do. I got this and, and I had a buddy who had, uh, who has a restaurant or not. Well, he's a buddy now, but I didn't know there was a restaurant close to my home that just opened up and I went to, and I really liked it. So I would frequent there all the time. And I got to know the, the bartenders there and a lot of the waiter, waiters there and a lot of the staff and a lot of the staff were wrestling fans. And they just would, they'd always enjoyed when I came in there because we talked wrestling and just, just, I would have a good time with them and talk and everything else. But I had gotten this letter from a military veteran that sent me uh, pictures and wanted me to sign them and send back to him. And he said, uh, that uh, you, that you know, it helped him with his PTSD to collect pictures and stuff. Oh, hey, thank you. You guys might be in for a treat. You might be in for a treat. Hey, Al. Hey, you want to come say hi, Al? Oh, oh, he's got to pee. It'll, it'll take him uh, three, three or four minutes. Uh, but anyway, I'll finish my story. So anyway, um, the owner, the owner of that restaurant. I was showing these pictures to um, the bartender who, who was a re- who's huge wrestling fan. And I was like, and I showed him the letter and he goes, oh man, that's awesome. This, this is awesome. So I wrote a letter back to, to the veteran and sent the pictures back. But the owner, the, the owner of the restaurant walked behind me 
and said, oh, hey, I took those pictures. And I turned and I was like, huh? And then it started to click. And then he started to talk. Oh, yeah, you remember me. Uh, my name's Greg. And, and I, I used to take pictures for OVW. And we did this and we did that. And I did stuff for WWE. And I, I went, yes. Oh, yeah, that is correct. Yes, I remember. I remember. And then uh, he goes, hey, do you think maybe Danny Davis or Jim Cornette or Al Snow or somebody would want some? I got a bunch of old pictures. Maybe they would maybe they want to, uh, you know, maybe they want to, you know, buy them or want them or use them. So uh, I said, you know what, let me, let me ask. So I called my uncle Danny and I said, "Hey, hey Danny, uh, there's all these pictures. I don't know why you would want them, but Al's got OVW. Do you think he would be interested in these pictures? And you think he would mind if I called him and, and talked to him? And do you have his number?" And uh, he goes, "No, here I'll send it to you. You know, give him a call. You know, he he, he loved it. One, he loved to hear from you, and two, he uh, he may be interested." So I gave Al a call, and at that time the pandemic was going on, and, and Kentucky was closed, closed down, in, in Indiana. Because I, I live in Indiana. Indiana had just started to open, open up where you could have so many people in a restaurant and so many people in groups and stuff like that. And you know, Al had to keep the TV going, and he he wanted to keep uh, a weekly show. So he 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 filmed over in Indiana, and he was filming multiple shows there in at a, a arena in Indiana because the uh, Davis Arena was closed down. So I called him up and he goes, I asked him, you know, said, you know, said, Hey, how's it going? Small talk. And then, uh, asked him if he would be interested in pictures. And he goes, Oh yeah. Hey, why don't you come down? Why don't you come down to, uh, the arena? We're here. And he gave me the address and all that. And, and come say hi to the boys and, and come check everything out. And you know, we'll talk, I'll talk to you after the show. So I said, yeah, sounds great. You know, little did I know Al had a plan. Oh, Oh, he had a plan. Oh, yeah. He was, uh, he was real. I mean, he threw some chum yeah. out there and yeah. I, I was, I was chewing all over <laughs> yeah. it. I said, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll, yeah. Yes. I'll come. I'll come down. You know, so I come down to the arena where they're filming and, you know, I, I, I talk to everybody or I meet everybody, introduce myself and stuff like that. And then I just kind of sit back behind Al. He's in a gorilla position and I'm just watching him work and just, just watching the show and the monitors and just taking everything in. And then, then you know, after the show, we, you know, I, we, we talk and I tell him about the, Hey, all I want to do was sell Al some pictures. That's all I wanted to do. I yep. said, Oh, that's all I, I just wanted you. You want to buy these pictures. I didn't have any inkling of getting back into wrestling, coming back to wrestling, doing anything with wrestling. I was done. Right. Oh, but Al, Oh, oh, oh Al snow. Uh, you son of a gun. He, uh, he, gotcha. he, he smelled, he, he saw blood like a shark, blood in the water. <laughs> He's, he, I told you he was clever. He's a very yeah. smart man. Very calculated. Yeah. Um, so he, he, we, we talked and stuff like that. And he asked me about the show and I said, it was great. And then he goes, Hey, you want to come back next week? And, uh, you want to maybe, maybe agent a match and, and help me out a little bit. And I go, and of course, I'm going like this. I'm going, well, yeah, of course I will. Of course I will. Yeah, absolutely. I'll do it. Yeah. So I come back next week and then Al takes his claws and digs them a little bit deeper in me. And then um, they opened up in Kentucky 
they opened up in Kentucky and we come back to the Davis arena. I, I, I come back home and I enter an arena I haven't been in, in, oh man, 12, 14 years that I hadn't been in. And then, you know, Al being a genius knew if I came back home, I would feel it. Yeah. So I'm here in the Davis arena and I'm helping again. I'm helping, uh, with, uh, the, the talent and their matches and stuff like that. And then he just takes it one step further. He, every week he would take, he would go one step, one more step, you know, one more step, one more step, one more step. The guy's he's a, he's a genius. And, uh, <laughs> so, it finally got to the point to where I was here every week because I was loving it. And then he goes, Hey, I'm going to be needing a, a new, I'm going to be needing an advanced trainer. Would you like to, you know, be my advanced trainer and help me train, train guys in OVW? And of course, now, well, yeah, absolutely. Of course I would. Of course I would. And then, uh, so here I am. I'm, I'm the advanced. Tra- now I'm the advanced trainer. Here we are. This is two years, two years later, two years later. I'm the advanced trainer for Al at his uh, wrestling academy. I help agent matches here. I help produce the show. I, I, I sit in and help uh, on the writing writing staff of the show. And uh, John, I, I'm I'm loving life, man. I am just loving it. And then here, the, just this past Saturday, uh, the August 27th, we had our version of our, our WrestleMania. We had OVW's the big one which is our biggest show of the year. And I got the main event that with Al Snow. And I've never been in the ring with Al. I've never wrestled Al. I've never tagged Al. I've never touched Al. I've never done anything other than just friendship, you know, here in OVW. And I got to share the ring and the spotlight with Al. And I can't tell you how, how much it, how, how euphoric it was and how amazing it was. And anybody who sees your, uh, who sees a podcast here tonight or when they see this, you should go uh, on YouTube and you should look up and watch OVW, the big one. Check out the show. The whole show was amazing from top to bottom, beginning to end. And then, you know, hopefully you would want to catch all of our shows uh, on the Fight TV network every Thursday night because we film live. We don't tape. Our show is live from 7 to 9 Eastern on the Fight TV Network, man. And I am just loving life. That's pretty cool to, to think about it. You go from like, yeah, I'm kind of out of the business. Like, I'll come check it out. Then he, you know, he slowly reels you in, like you said. it, But then you end up wrestling. For, I mean, <laughs> yeah. crazy. Yeah. Al Snow's a genius. That's all I can say. He's a genius. How he got me from never wanting to come back to wrestling to being here to uh, agenting to writing to or, or helping to write i'm not right it's all al's idea i just i just help fill in the blanks to getting back in the ring of course that i may have had a little something yeah he's a genius that's all i can say he's a cerebral genius oh al thai oh al <laughs> When you were with OVW, were you contracted at any point, or you were you were a non-contracted guy? When I was with OVW, it was I was non-contracted, and everything I did to try everything I did was to try to get a, a developmental contract. And it took me 
10 years to get one. Wow. Yeah. So when you finally got one, how does that go? Like, how does that happen? Is that like a cornet thing? Like, how does that actually happen? Well, there, there were, uh, I had a really good job with Ford Motor Company and back in 90, 95, I think is when I first got the job, 94, 95. And Ford Motor Company, they pay really well. They paid really well, but you were you earned your money. You were there eight to ten hours a day and every other Saturday. And that really cut into uh, my wrestling time. You know, I, I trained. Danny had training on every Sunday. I never missed, which I never missed because I wanted to get better. And then they had uh, house shows on Saturdays, Fridays and Saturdays, which I, I couldn't do all of them. I can only do every other. And... Um, when Jim Cornette came in, you know, uh, we, Danny started Ohio Valley wrestling and they started their TVs and I, uh, was on a shift at Ford where I couldn't do the TVs. So Jimmy was always trying to get me to constantly hammering away at me. Hey, can you switch shifts? Can you, can you be here? Can you do, be here with us and all that? And I said, there's nothing I can do. I have no, I have no seniority. I'm, I'm a low man on the totem pole. But then Ford Motor Company um, created or, or developed or created, whatever you want to say, a, a third crew, which was like a swing shift crew on the weekends, which allowed me to be able to make OVW TV and also house shows. And when that started, that's when I came back to OVW because I was absent for two years, two years. But I took that time, that two years away to train and work out and transform my body and try and gain weight. And I gained, uh, I gained about 50 pounds and, and 50, wow. yeah, I don't know, I don't 50 pounds of muscle, but in two years, but I transformed my body and I, I looked totally different when I went back. And then I had this idea and I, I shared it with Jimmy about coming back under a mask and no, where nobody knew who I was and created a, the character called, or a persona called the machine. And then he had this, he, he had an idea also. He took it and just had an idea to write, uh, this guy, Danny's nephew, take over the company, yada, yada, disgruntled and blah, blah, blah. It was, it was amazing. It was, it was some of the best stuff I've ever been a part of. And probably some of the, some of the best, you know, best, best some of the best times of my life, you know, but I, I also have some really good times in WWE too. And I am currently creating more great times here in OVW now. What are your thoughts on Jimmy Cornette? The lightning rod, if you will. What do you think about Jim? Oh, Jimmy. Jimmy, every, I got nothing against Jimmy. I like Jimmy. He's Everything Jimmy ever did for me was to help me. Got an interesting story about Jimmy that I'll share with you. Um, in WWE, when it comes closer to our uh, future endeavorment, I was... I was home. Uh, I, I was me and Danny were sitting on the shelf. We were just, just, you know, trying to come up with new ideas for ourselves just to give to the the writing crew and all that. But you know, if you don't stay relevant, you know, you're gone. You're just another cog in the wheel, and you're replaceable, right? So I got that call. I went home. I was living in Tampa, Florida at the time, and then I went home uh, to. It's a uh, Indiana, Southern Indiana, Louisville, Kentucky, uh, 
if you will. And my, my grandfather had passed away, so I was home for his funeral. And I was got into the rental car and was heading to the funeral home. And I got this call. It had a, a Stanford. You know, you know how back then we had to flip phones. We didn't have all this technology these days. That 203 number popped up. Yes, a 203 number popped up on my flip phone. <laughs> right? So I was like, oh, I better answer this. So I answered it, and it was Johnny Ace, Johnny Laurinaitis. And he goes, hey, Doug, Johnny Laurinaitis, how you doing, man? And I go, ah, well, you know, not so good. I'm here back home going to my grandfather's funeral. And there was like an awkward silence for like 15 seconds. And then he goes, oh, God. And I go, you okay? He goes, we have to let you go. <laughs> and, oh. like, and there was another awkward silence for like 45 seconds. It was like a longer silence. And then I, I didn't know what to say. I was like, uh is this a rib? <laughs> Are you ribbing? But I'm All assuming right. not. If you're calling me, you're, you're releasing me. And then we had some small talk and whatever. And then uh, they let me go. And I just like, okay. All right. So uh, what, now what am I going to do? So the that was on a Thursday. And I remember the days. I don't remember the, the like the 12th, 13th, or 14th. But I remember the day. That was a Thursday. On the Friday at like, eight or nine o'clock in the morning because it was early jim Cornette calls me up and goes doug basham jim Cornette, how you doing yada 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 when's your 90 days up <laughs> i mean he just went straight to the point i was like yep hey jimmy how are you how you doing i said i don't know i think 90 days from tomorrow or yesterday he goes all right great we're gonna have you here blah 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 blah, blah, blah. let me keep you converted in march whatever i think this was in uh i want to say this was in february February, March, April, and I think I, I can't. You know what? I, I I should know this stuff, but I think we debuted in May. I think in TNA, and Jimmy had everything to do with that. You know, he contacted us ASAP as soon as we were released. First, first, actually, the first words that came out of his mouth was, "Hey, Doug, Jim Cornette, congratulations." That was his first words. He said, uh, "I do remember that." And then uh, he goes, "Want to bring in the TNA?" And you know, winter ninety days up, basically, in a nutshell, and. There we are. Dad to have it. So you, it was the worst day of my life. And then, hell, it was, a, it was a great day of my life. Right. Right after, right after that. When you are getting into WB originally, I mean, obviously, well before the release, how do you get like called up? Like, is it like, almost like the same call, but in reverse? Johnny Ace gives you a call and says, you know, you're getting promoted. Like, how does that happen? Well, uh, some, a lot of times they would send their writers or uh, agents would come down or, or would, would come visit the, the arena uh, here in OVW and they would evaluate the talent and then they would bring people up who they thought need would need to be, you know, take a look at and let all the writers. Sometimes they'd send writers down to look at people. And, um, but for the most part, uh, and most part, I think it's just luck and, you know, if you filled a spot that they needed to have filled, I mean, there, you remember, you remember Luther Reigns? Oh yeah. Vince McMahon saw Luther Reigns in a suit and liked the way he looked and gave him a job. And he was just there to do like, uh, you know, extra work and stuff like that. And then sent him to OVW and stuff. So, I mean, luck of the draw, man. So, you're just you're here and you're supposedly they were supposed to be looking at tapes because back then we had vhs tapes you know because this was back in 
you know, back before all this technology and everything. And, but I don't know if the writers really looked at them all that much. Uh, I think they just kind of relied on when agents would come down and take a look at guys and go, Oh, Hey, uh, John Cena's ready. He's big. Uh, Batista's a beast. He's, I think he's ready. But, you know, they've been, they came down to look at Batista, you know, a few times and he just wasn't ready. So he stayed here probably a little longer than, not that he needed, longer that he needed. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> which, which made him, which gave him lots, lots of success when he moved up. Yeah. He was ready when he got moved up. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There was a saying, there was a guy here that was training. His name was uh, Rip Rogers. And he said, he always said this. He said, but when you move up, I want you to be over-prepared. And I carry that same, uh, and, and I think Al does too, that same persona, that same message. I want you to be over-prepared when you step in the ring. Well, better, you know, way better than being under-prepared. Oh, sure. God. If you're under-prepared, under it could bury you big time. And you'll never make it. You get one chance, you'll never get a second one, you know. Yep. So when you do get called up, and obviously, you know, from OVW to WWE, is that just like a whirlwind for you? Are you happy? Like, this was I like the ultimate goal, the ultimate dream? You oh. want to be WWE? Oh, God, yeah. That, that is the ultimate dream. That, that, that's the goal. Uh, you, you have, there's steps. You want to get a development. Back then, you wanted to get a developmental contract. To get a look. Well, ultimately, you want to be brought up to the main roster. But if you didn't, you want to get a developmental contract. So you get a developmental contract. You come here to Louisville. You train, and then you work and learn. Uh, work, train, learn, get better. And then hopefully you get that call up. And it's, it's called the call up. And that's to the active roster. Because that's when you say bye-bye Louisville. You get to go back home, wherever you, you your home base is. And then you get to live your dream. Um, fly out every week from wherever you live from. Do the loop wherever the loop is. Cast your check every week and live your dream. You know, uh, you're, you're doing what you love to do and you're getting paid to do it. And there's no greater feeling in the world than making money, making a living, doing what you love to do. Absolutely. So when they call you up, you guys are going to be the Basham brothers. Was this... <laughs> Like, was this like to you? It was like, okay, you know, Dimaj, like you said, he's going to be Danny Basham. Like, do you, do you like the Basham brothers? Like, what Like, what did they say as far as, like, the Basham brothers making you guys a tag team and giving you a gimmick together? Well, here's that story. So I got brought up um, before Danny. I got brought up as a, as a single guy, and I had a full head of hair. I had a, I had a mullet. You know, because I was trying to grow my hair out, and every time I, I just grew it out because I was a heel. And every time I, you know, the more hair you have when you get punched, it just looks better when it flies. Yep. And uh, so they brought me up and took a look at me as a, as a singles guy. And then I went home and sat home for a week or two, and then they brought me and Danny up together uh, and took a look at us as a tag. And I'm just gonna because it's me. I'm gonna say you know we killed it because we obviously made the grade. And then they brought us up for a couple of weeks. And then we were in Pensacola, Florida. And me and Danny were sitting in catering, just, you know, waiting to get our assignment and see what we were doing. Because we thought maybe we were just going to do another, you know, dark and uh, be looked at again. And uh, a dark, dark being a dark match. 
right. the match, the matches that are before the actual TV. Um, so <laughs> we're sitting there and then Johnny Laurinaitis comes up and sits down and talks to us. And uh, we're like, Hey Johnny, what's going on? He goes, Hey, we're going to debut you guys tonight as the, ba- as the Basham brothers. And of course I am like, Oh, that's great. I love it. I get to use my own, my, my, my last name. Yeah. And then yeah. Danny's like, Oh, Hey, that, that, that's, that's great. L- l- love it. Love it. <laughs> it was like, what's wrong with you, kid? We're, uh, this, this is it. <laughs> we made it. But that's kind of how that happened. Yeah, he's probably so, like, what, Danny Bash? He's like, oh, yeah. shit. Uh, or, uh, pardon me. I'm sorry. Oh, shoot. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm your brother. I'm, I'm a Basham. I don't get to use my own name. I don't get to use this. I don't get to use that. You get to use the, your own name. Yada, yada, yada. There's yeah. probably all kinds of stuff going through his head. But, um, but you know, that night in Pensacola, Florida, you know, we debuted against Rikishi and Spanky. And we went out there and got stink faced and went over on Spanky. Basham brothers were born. Yeah. You gotta love it. Oh, hell of a hell of a way to introduce yourself to the to the wrestling world. Yeah. And hey, you guys win the tag team titles over Eddie Guerrero and Chavo, Los Guerreros. And that's a big win, big victory, especially being WWE tag team champions. Not too bad on the resume. You know, it, it was Danny and I, um, you know, we, we did I because we were brought up the way we were and uh, trained the way we were, we, uh, I feel like we did everything the, you know, the right way. And we worked our way up the ladder. That's what I, I feel. We just kind of was doing what we needed to do and earn our spot on the roster. And uh, when asked to do something, we did it. No questions asked, no boo-boo facing, nothing, whatever. Um, Cause that's what you should do. And then um, when they said they were going to put the titles on us and uh, we were going to go over on Eddie and Chavo, we were like, huh? What? And uh, I have a, I have an interesting story to tell you before. Let me back it up a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Here's a story for everybody, for, for you. Um, when me and Danny first came up, they, it's when um, Eddie and Tajiri, I think they were the tag champs. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, I think they were. So yep. they put me and Danny in there with um, Eddie and Tajiri, and we went out there and had a match. Now, now, granted, Danny and I had a hand in training Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas. Right? They were yep. the world's greatest tag team, right? And they were kind of having a feud with Tajiri and, and Eddie because they got moved up before, obviously, before we did, because the WWE was going to bring up the guys they're paying to bring in. And they made more money than us when they were in developmental, but they're going to bring those guys up because they're, they're, they are their guys. And then eventually, finally me and Danny and Nick and Rob and everybody else got brought up. So <laughs> I found this out after the match, uh, you know, like a few days later, I thought it was funny. Um, Charlie and Shelton were watching the monitor when uh, me and Danny were out there in the ring working with Eddie and uh, Tajiri. And uh, <laughs> I forget who told me. I think it may have been John Cena because me and Danny used to ride up and down the road with John Cena. 
I think it was him because he was watching the monitor, watching the match too, because he was still working his way up the ladder too. Um, at that, at that time, as a matter of fact, I, that's exactly who told us that, um, because we all rode together. Uh, he said, Shelton turned after me and Danny had our match with Tajiri and Eddie. Um, he said, Shelton turned to Charlie and said this, he goes, why do I feel like somebody just stole my girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> Because we went out there and we did business, we did good business, and we we put them over, and we didn't skip a beat. You can probably you can probably look that match up on YouTube somewhere. I'm sure it was good. It was it was really good. Oh yeah. So when you guys do win the titles, you said you were a little surprised, right? Like shit, we're winning the tag title. Well, it was not not necessarily a surprise so much as like you know an honor, you know, like because there's a few people in in uh, in wrestling that I, I I would watch and that I was always a, kind of a fan of and uh, wanted to be like or emulate. You know, one of those people was, <laughs> God damn it, uh, Scott Hall. I, I always liked him, you know. Another one was uh, Eddie Guerrero. And, you know, j- just because of his work, his work and his demeanor and everything, you know, you know, Chris Benoit. And I also liked and really heavily influenced by Bret Hart. Um, so when I got to work with Eddie uh, and he was going to drop, they were going to drop the titles to us in, in Chavo, that was like a, a dream come true. It was like, I can't believe that, I can't believe that this is actually happening. This, this is surreal, surreal. So winning the titles from, from, for the first time from Eddie and Chavo was, was amazing. And I remember after the match, me and Danny, uh, after and the match, it was amazing. It was, it was a great match. It was good. Um, we come back and went all the way back through Gorilla and through the tunnel and went back beyond whatever. And we were sitting there waiting on Eddie and, um, Eddie and Chavo. And me and Danny sat there and had our moment. We looked at each other and, you know, we looked at each other and we had the, had the titles and, you know, we were like, <laughs> wow, this is awesome, man. This is why we did this. This is why we, this is why we take all these crazy ass bumps and stuff. We, we did it, man. We made it. We gave yeah. it, we, we gave each other a hug, you know, and we thanked each other. And then we waited for Eddie and Chavo and Eddie and Chavo came up and just said the nicest, the most, most kind words to both of us. And, uh, you know, thanked us and we thanked them and gave them hugs. And, you know, we went on to do what we did. It's great that you guys win the titles, but maybe not so great, but depending on what you think, what's up with the S and M stuff? Like why, why did they <laughs> decide to like change gears here and do some like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like WWE sometimes tries to do too much. Like, I don't know, try to be off the wall or they try to be unpredictable. What's up with the SM? Here's the story behind that. You ready for this one? Yeah. All right. So, me and Danny come in in OVW. We were a, a, a faction called the Revolution. And be, because um, we, wore, we wore black leather pants, the black leather pants came from 
when I saw the movie Nine Millimeter, I think it was Eight Millimeter or Nine Millimeter with Nicolas Cage, I get it, get it mixed up. There was this character in this movie who wore a black leather mask, an S and M mask, black leather pants, and would just you know slice and dice and kill women, right? Because it, it, like in a snuff film. Yeah. And it was very, it was very dark, very dark film. Um, so I said, holy crap, that is a wrestling character. So that's where, uh, that's where, I, and his name was Machine. They called him Machine. And I said, that's a wrestling character that I'm going to call myself Machine. And I brought it to Jimmy and he wrote for it and Machine was born and the revolution was born and everybody in my faction wore black leather pants. So ergo S and M, right? So when me and Danny move up, we, we wear our black leather pants and that's just our look. So what we, what's just what we wore had nothing to do with S and M. It was just us and who we were, the Basham brothers. So <laughs> this, um, this writer, this new young, new young writer, uh, for WWE goes to a Britney Spears concert, a Britney Spears concert. Thank you, Britney. This is all <laughs> your fault. Your fault goes to a Britney Spears concert and she is dressed up as a dominatrix and all her dancers were males dressed in black leather pants or, or whatever pleather, whatever shiny, but, and, he gets this idea. Oh, hey, the Bashams wear black leather pants. Why don't we put an S and M or, or a dominatrix with them and have them be, uh, you know, her bitch? <laughs> there are her bitches. <laughs> yeah, right. And that is how that was born, and that's where Linda Miles came in. And Jesus, what a what a dominatrix she be. Jeez, Louise. I mean, she was a specimen. Shaniqua, right? That was the, the gimmick? Uh... Shaniqua, yep. And actually, she came up with that name. Linda, uh, we were, they, they gave us Linda, and we were, here's a funny story, and we uh, were sitting in, uh, we were, we were at the, in the arena somewhere, and uh, Linda was talking to us. This was the very first day, you know, she, she found out she was going to be with us, and Stephanie McMahon came up, goes, "Hey, we're gonna uh, we're gonna put you guys together, whatever, and we're, we're you know, Lin, you know, Linda, we want to call you Laquisha, look La Laquisha. I remember this to the T because I was sitting there right there, Laquisha, and uh, Linda goes, Linda goes, ah, you, you know what, Steph, you know what, Steph, I, I'm not feeling Laquisha, I'm I'm feeling Shaniqua. Can we do Shaniqua?" And of course, I'm I'm screeching. I'm going, please no. And then Stephanie goes, okay, if you're feeling it, we'll do it. And I was like, oh, (laughs) all right, dodge that bullet. (laughs) But we have to keep a keep a close watch on this one. (laughs) It is funny with WWE. Sometimes it's like. Do you really need that gimmick? You know what I mean? Like you guys were good on your own. Like, do we do we really need to do that? It feels like sometimes they they put the extra mile on it when they kind of don't need to. You know, 
six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. I've uh, had this debate with myself and, and me and Danny, actually, we still talk, you know, and we all frequently. And we talked and we said, you know what, if we knew now, if we knew back then what we know now, we would have done things a, a little bit different. And um, the WWE has a tendency to want to put the, the, the spotlight on something other than the people doing the work in the ring. And uh, that was back. That was back then. It's, it's, I'm sure it's, it's different now. But, you know, we would have put more of the spotlight on her and then us just did our thing because we knew eventually we would get our, our, our time and our, our run uh, whenever it happened. But we should have, you know, did more of what Eddie Guerrero did with, with China or what, with um, uh, um, Generation X did with China, you know, and yeah. put the spotlight on her because that was the focus. And Vince saw Vince, Vince like bodies. He liked big, nice bodies. And she had a great body. I mean, she was a freak, freak of nature. I mean, she was ripped. She was six foot tall. She was athletic. Uh, she had a presence. And, you know, I feel like that maybe I dropped the ball. I, me, yep. dropped the ball on that one and should have um, saw the writing on the wall. But, you know, my, my training and my upbringing and my, my way of thinking and my old school mentality just didn't let me, you know, see through that. So, uh, you know, I, I take responsibility for that one. Hey. Did you like the cabinet when they put you at JBL and you guys became the cabinet? Did you like that gimmick? Oh God. Yeah. That was, I mean, that, that was a, a revital, a revitalization, revitalizing moment in, in our mine and Danny's career. And it was great. And, uh, Loved every minute, even though me and Danny, we dubbed ourselves the crash test dummies, but it was still, it was great. And it was a stepping stone to eventual, um, singles careers. And it was, it was a, it was, it, it was great. Made a lot of money during that time too, just so you know. Nice. I've talked to JBL before and he was saying there were so many injuries before that to, you know, like big show got hurt and Kurt angle. So it's like, they needed a big heel on SmackDown and like, okay, let's try out JBL. And boy, they gave it to him and he knocked it out of the park. So the oh. cabinet was great too. Cause it just added to the JBL character. Blew it out of the water and JBL. Uh, the thing about JBL, what I learned, this is something that I learned from JBL and, you know, I, I, we're, we're friends to this day, you know, he was a heel 24-7, not just on TV. Keeping it real. What does that mean, Doug? Well, that means that uh, he, he wasn't one that wanted to be liked. He didn't, he didn't sign autographs. He didn't take pictures. He walked past people in airport, <laughs> airports. And, you know, and, and then the, the social media and stuff started to grow back then. It was starting to get new and, and people were starting to talk and he was starting to get some major, major, major heat and people, people, people hated him, hated him. And I, the, the most, the most, the, the, the scariest time in my life in professional wrestling was the night that 
we went to ECW's one night stand and we had to walk through the crowd up to the um, balcony. That was the most uh, intense, uh, scary, uh, on point time in my life ever in wrestling. Because when we walked in, when those doors opened and we started to walk in, you could feel there, there's this thing you, you just you could just feel the negativity you could feel the anger you could feel the hatred and i was like just looking for anything shiny to poke poke me and, and try to stab me i was on i was on i was on defcon 5 i was on watch i was like ain't nobody gonna you know get me you can get jbl i don't give a i don't care you can get him but I, you're not getting me because i was guilty by association so i dude i, I was i was on you, you, I was tense. That was a very tense moment in in uh, my career. If you want to know the most intense moment, that's it. Yeah, definitely. So when he's doing that, though, he's he's being healed. Are you doing that too? Are you guys kind of going along with him? You kind of making sure, like, okay, I'm going to be an asshole, no autographs, this and that. Yep, absolutely. You gotta you gotta live the gimmick. Is that also a, a thing where he got a lot of unnecessary heat, maybe? From like the boys in the back and stuff, you know where they you hear a lot of stories about JBL. No, yes. <laughs> I'm just gonna smile. Oh, okay. <laughs> I feel like you know, and I've talked to him about this. You know, maybe a little misconception uh, out there about him. He's actually um, something people don't know about him, and I don't know if he wants this out there or not, but he is a very intelligent individual. Very, very, very smart man. I have actually called him and asked him um, some advice when it comes to finances and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he's given me some very good advice on some of my businesses. And, uh, and one particular business was, was key. And it was it was a, a advice that that helped me move move forward and make make money. Um, and I don't want to bring anything about money, but right, uh, JBL's money. He really is. He's he's intelligent. He knows his business. He knows about investment. He knows you know his his life after wrestling is way you know would paint a better picture of of him. Than probably in wrestling, but you know, um, I can't say enough. The man, uh, JBL, um, he he helped me in my career. He came down to OVW. Uh, let's I'll go back. Let, let's back it up a little bit. So we're gonna go. Uh, the first time I met JBL was when he came to OVW when I was here in the development system, and he was rehabbing a, a broken forearm, and he came down here. And, you know, Danny Davis is here, and obviously J JBL and Danny hit it off well, and they were great. And, and, you know, John Bradshaw found out that, you know, I was Danny's nephew, but, you know, he didn't take me under his wing. He took me as, oh, let's see what kind of kid this, this kid is. And, you know, I got hazed by him and passed the test. And then, you know, once I passed the test, like everybody does, I mean, everybody everybody's a freshman on – uh, a sports team one one time or another, right? Oh, yeah. I remember those football days. Oh, yeah. 
Yes, and you're so you uh, being uh, football is a great example. So you know what you had to go through. Yes. Yep. And you know how you had to take it. Yep. Same thing in football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, uh, chess club. It doesn't matter. Checkers does not matter. Same thing. It's how you handle it. And and the same thing. Same thing with wrestling. You know, I'm sure it happens in MMA too. I don't know. I don't know if there's a tier status or whatnot i don't know but um you know same thing it's all how you handle it and you know i was i was trained right and taught right and passed the test and you know jbl when the time was right took me under his wing um and brought me on part of the cabinet there's a whole nother story about how the cabinet and how me and danny were brought brought to to be and al snow had something to do with that um al again wow Al again, yes, Al Snow again, and you know, um, I, I consider Al a very good friend of mine. You know, to this day, you know, we live like three miles from each other, and we talk all the time because of OVW, and uh, then you know, I, I'll just stop there. He, I'm gonna stop there. But I don't he, want to get, I, I, I'm not going to give too much of my life to everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. But he helped you get into the cabinet. That wasn't JBL's idea to bring you guys into the cabinet. Yeah. Um, Al, whenever we, me and Danny had to do the, the tough enough challenge. Yeah. So uh, weeks prior, um, some of our million dollar superstars were getting embarrassed and everybody can go back and watch this. You know, the big show was doing a body slam challenge and, you know, Al Snow said, you shouldn't do that. No, you shouldn't do that. Don't do that. They're not trained. Wada, wada, wada. They did it anyway. And boom, big show would slam them. And the guys would pop back up and make big show look like, you know, you ain't, you ain't nothing. And which was, which was bad. The week after that, Kurt Angle was doing some sort of a, uh, you know, a tap out challenge or something like that. Again, Al, Al Snow said, you shouldn't do that. That's not a good idea because these kids are not trained. And, you know, there was one guy there named Daniel Pewter who was an actual, you know, uh, MMA uh, fighter. Yeah. MMA fighter. And, and Kurt, and I'm telling you this now to everybody listening, the only reason, and I'm saying this, the, uh, and I said this to Daniel Pewter, to his face, the only reason you got Kurt in that key lock be, is because he had a he had a, a neck injury, a pinched nerve. He only had fifty percent strength in his in his left arm, and that he had no strength. He 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 couldn't do he could not do anything with his left arm. Wow! So that's the main reason that you know he in that's the main reason he got him in that key lock. Well, but and I don't still, think Kurt's thinking the guy's going to be unprofessional either. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, it was an embarrassment. They should have put put him in that. And those are our million dollar guys making him look like chumps. Yep. And then they went off to some teddy bear thing and some other thing, and then they they decided to do a you know flag get the flag in the corner challenge. And me and Danny had been on the shelf for and granted now remember al had been down in obw and when i was down in obw so i I knew al and and was you know acquaintances with al hadn't been become good friends with al until you know now 
now is the time I've been really I've become really good friends with Al, but acquaintances before. But Al has known Danny, good you know, good great friends with Danny and and everybody else, Jimmy and and everybody else affiliated with OVW. So, hang on one second. I had to check my. I got thirteen percent. Oh, on my phone, and I have no. If I unplug, I'll, I'll anyway. So, um, I'll, I'll get get to the Jimmy, get to the skinny. So, um, Al is the tough enough, you know, uh, trainer. So Al is in there. We have me and Danny are sitting there, having to keep all these kids from coming across the the ring to get the flag. Al's in there. And if you can go back and watch, I don't know if it shows or not, but Al's giving us, hey, you, you'll be able to get this guy. Hey, this guy's strong. Hey, this guy here, he's soft. Hey, this guy here, you may have a trouble with. Hey, this guy here is very quick. You know, right. so me and Al, again, once again, me and Al in a ring, in the WWE ring, again, and him yep. trying to help me. And uh, the the advice and the information he gave me and Danny on each one of these kids coming in was very valuable. And uh, uh, the only reason that Daniel Pewter at the very end got as close to that flag as he did was, was because me and Danny, we were jelly. We were toast. We were done. We were. And uh, something that I found out after we stopped all those kids from getting that flag and we represented the WWE and we won WWE won, not the tough enough guys. They had um, Charlie Haas and Bob Holly waiting in the wings if those kids, if somebody got bias, to go out and refilm stuff. <sighs> oh. Yeah. We did our job. Yep. We I wouldn't want to mess with Holly and Haas either. <laughs> you know? They didn't have to. We did the job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank because, you. Because... We stopped those kids from getting there. Then we got rewarded. Um, JBL and Undertaker had went to Vince and said, "Hey, you put those you put those boys in jeopardy. We need to reward them." And then uh, we got put with the the cabinet and the Basham brothers. The secretaries of, De of defense was born. Awesome. And we made I a know. lot of money. A lot yeah. of money. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, JBL. Yeah, thank, thank you, you JBL. Yeah. Uh, Al. Thank you, Al. Thank you, JBL, Taker. and thank you, Taker. As we hit the wind down, we head towards and the thank finish. You, I, thank you, thank you, Vince. Yeah, of course. Yes, I know you're running low on battery, so we'll, we'll head towards the wind down. We'll head towards the the finish. I just got to ask about the Bash Man. Where the <laughs> heck? Where did that, did that come from? That was such a I don't know odd, I guess, unique character, but you know, it fit WB. <sighs> Well, it didn't work because I had an idea of, of a guy, and I, I guess it was kind of similar to JBL, which I think Vince, after, after fact, Vince thought that it was too similar to JBL. It was supposed to be a character that took um, relative, uh, immediate, in-news events and compared them to people who are in wrestling and then cut a promo on the people who are cutting promos so at that at that time janet jackson her her thing her her boo popped out oh yeah yep and eddie guerrero his uh, book came out on his uh, drug addiction uh, drug you know when he was a drug addict and 
his conquering of all that. So I, I was wanting to say, hey, everybody is cutting, uh, everybody's so hard on Janet Jackson thinking that she wants to get uh, popular again by exposing herself. But what do you think about Eddie Guerrero exposing himself? Yeah. Oh, you, you feel sorry for her, but you feel sorry for him. But this is what I think. I think he's just trying to do this to get sympathy for whatever and take your money, yada, 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 yada. So I, I would bash not just Eddie Guerrero. I would bash the people who are bashing Janet Jackson. And it just didn't resonate. And the writer that they assigned to me was new. He was ambitious. He was wanting to make a star and he wanted to make something his own. He took my idea. He threw it in a blender. He hit super blend and then poured it in a glass and told me to drink it. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yep. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, no problem. If I can't curse. I said, put it in a blender. And I said, what the heck is this? didn't work it just I, I was lost it got lost in translation and I, I didn't know how to I didn't know how to I didn't know how to bring it up I didn't know how to do it and that was the end of my WWE career and we already discussed the uh, the call from Johnny Ace the very uh, you know yep that was in yep yeah not so great that, call there but as far as like what you're doing today, obviously with OVW, just give us like what's next, what's down the pike. Will we see you wrestling more? Like, what are we going to see more out of you? Well, that's a great question because I had uh, had a one-on-one -on -one conversation with Al, and I said, you know what, Al, um, I, I never really retired, and you know, I just kind of went away. You know, my last match was in England. And uh, I watched the movie The Wrestler, and uh, I said, that's not going to be me. So when I came home from my English tour, I just hung my boots up and never never got back out there, which I could have. I could have reached out to Jim Cornette because he was at Ring of Honor at the time. I could have went to Texas. I could I could have went all over the place, but I just, I just didn't, um, and I wished I would have. So I could have kept going and, and, and made a mark. And then um, speaking with Al one day, I was like, you know what? I never really, I never really retired um, officially. I just kind of went away. And I said, I would love an opportunity to, if it was ever to arise, to do something more. If, if, if it makes sense, if it does business and if it makes if it makes sense and he um and think about how the thing i love about al he, he listens you know what i mean he, he will listen and then he takes stuff and he puts it back here and then he um he he just puts it like in um He thinks about stuff. He, he's a, he's a thinker. He's always he's always thinking, and this is one of the things I've learned uh, about Al, and one of the things that I, I admire about him. 
is that he always does things uh, for a reason, which is, which is, he just doesn't, there's a reason and there's, there's an end game, which is something that I've learned about him and, and, uh, producing a show, writing a show and having the, the, the forethought, you know, the, you know, down the road. And, um, I told him, hey, this is what, this is something that maybe I'm thinking about. I'll let you know after the S and S, you know, uh, if I can, if I can do this or not. And, uh, I'm just going to say this, this is a sport for young people. Hey, but you look like you were in great shape. Al, too. Uh, you know what? Both Al and myself trained hard to get in shape for this. And uh, I can honestly say that um, the TV adds 10 pounds. <laughs> and, um, 10 I was pounds in, of muscle, maybe. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I, was, I was in the best shape I could be. Al was in the best shape he could be. And if I had to do it again... I would, I probably wouldn't look any different. And, um, the, the biggest thing, if people watch, watching now, watch, watch that match, just pay attention to, um, the crowd reaction and how loud they were. And then, uh, pay attention to, um, you know, uh, the story that the, the story that, that Al and I told, cause I'm, I'm very proud of that last whoop. I just say last match. Oh, damn! Oops. Might might be the last one. I I don't know. Maybe not though. I feel like Al will coerce you and reel you back in for another one. Oh, I'm sure he's 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 clever. He's he has this this hook and he'll grab it. Just yeah, <laughs> yeah. So where can everybody find you? Like social media and otherwise. I am uh, Doug Basham one at gmail dot com. You can find me on Facebook. I have an Instagram page, uh, the real Doug Basham. Um, I am about to start ramping up. I mean, extremely ramping up my Instagram. It's going to be very entertaining. Um, a lot of stuff going on. Um, OVW just wrapped up a um, major. Uh, I got to be careful what I say. We just wrapped up a major summer project and it will be coming out, you know, in the near future on a, a major streaming network. And, um, it will give a lot of, uh, insight to OVW and, uh, I'm trying to, I gotta be careful because I, I can't say a lot of stuff. Just, a lot of good, just follow ovwrestling.com, follow OVW, keep uh, Googling, trending, hashtagging, watching, whatever, anything OVW, because OVW is about to blow up. Wow, nice. Boom. Nice. I'd like to hear that. Awesome. But Doug, oh, yeah. thank you so much uh, for all the time today. Really appreciate it. I, I thank you for having me, man, and thank you for letting me tell my story and let me get stuff out there. And um, anytime, uh, if you need anything else, man, just let me know.
This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two Man Power Trip, where the power lies brother.